0: on this week's episode of catch up canes the miami hurricanes podcast we'll be covering homecoming week 2022 the canes loss against the florida state seminoles this year's midterm election results and much more this episode is brought to you by caroline val quinn sheehan Jaden cohen and annie watson Today is Wednesday, November 9th, and you're listening to our newest episode of Ketchup Canes. Yesterday, November 8th, was Election Day for midterms featuring some important races for Florida, including the gubernatorial and Senate seats. Those races included incumbent Republican candidates, Senator Marco Rubio and Governor Ron DeSantis, who each won their respective seats against their Democratic opponents. These included former Orlando Police Chief and Representative Val Demings for Senate and former Florida Governor Charlie Crist for Governor. Several local representatives also retained their seats, including Republican Representative Maria Salazar of District 27, the district in which the University of Miami is situated. However, some elections in Florida made national history, such as the election of Democrat and gun control activist Maxwell Frost for the Orlando-based representative seat. Frost, who previously served as National Organizing Director for March for Our Lives, became the first official Gen Z member elected to serve in Congress ever. The 25-year-old politician tweeted after his win, history was made tonight. We made history for Floridians, for Gen Z, and for everyone who believes we deserve a better future. Campus buzzed with election day momentum as well, with student voting organization, Cane's Vote, alongside Get Out the Vote and the Butler Center for Service and Leadership, hosting free giveaways on Lakeside Patio and an Election Day watch party at the Raskeller. In an effort to learn more about how students participated, we spoke to a few who were willing to share why they moved to the Bulls. Hi, so thank you so much for speaking with me. Um, do you mind starting by, you know, introducing yourself with your name, your year, your major, all that?
1: Sure. Uh, hi, my name is Izzy Souls. I'm a junior and I'm studying biology and political science.
0: Okay, awesome. So what kind of brought you to the polls this year? What were some of the issues that on the ballot that you thought really needed your vote?
1: Sure. So um, I'm a registered Maryland voter. Um, and although Maryland is a pretty solid democratic state, I find the local elections really important. Most specifically um, was the Board of Education. Mm -hmm. my mom's a teacher so this is um like an issue that she's really passionate about and uh you know that's probably what i most cared about i'd say
0: okay awesome and you don't have to share if you aren't comfortable but do you mind sharing you know which way you leaned more or less
1: sure um i'm a liberal um like most people in maryland i suppose and that's what we voted for Mm -hmm. and uh especially cool this year is maryland elected Wes Moore, who is um the first african-american governor for maryland And so I'm really excited um, to see kind of what he brings to the table. Mm -hmm. We're just coming out of having a Republican governor who is Larry Hogan, who personally I really liked and I did vote for. He was kind of a moderate guy. Mm -hmm. Um, But this election, unfortunately, was really polarizing with the candidates. Yeah. You know, Um, which I think is unfortunate because personally, I, I like kind of middle-leaning ground, but, you know, I voted for Westmore, and he won, so Mm -hmm. good for him.
0: Yeah, and what do you think about how the elections went in Florida? Um, We also had our own historical election with um, Maxwell Frost, who was the first Gen Z Congress member to be elected. Um, I don't know, what are some of your thoughts on how Florida's elections went?
1: I'm a little disappointed that um, Marco Rubio won again, and Ron DeSantis as well. Um, You know, I I learned the other day that um, Marco Rubio misses... Um, more than 70, like he misses more votes than 75% of other um, congressmen or Senate, whatever he's in, which I think is just appalling, quite frankly. Like, why do you get that position if you're not even gonna vote? He's not even showing up for Florida. And so I'm kind of mad that he's got reelected, you know, when he's not really even putting in the work. Mm-hmm. Um, as for um, the Gen C guy who got elected, that's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. it's nice to have people from our age group being elected to congress finally especially because i feel like it's a lot of um older people so hopefully he'll bring some new ideas to the table
0: very cool well thank you so much i really appreciate it yeah thank you
2: this past week students saw campus transform into a pixelated vision of orange and green all in an effort for Canes to get their game on for this year's homecoming. The game on theme chosen this year took a unique approach to excite students for the annual game against Florida State, imposing a video game theme on everything from Sebastian the Ibis to campus landmarks and more. According to Katarina Jenkins, one of the vice chairs of this year's homecoming, the theme was chosen in an effort to make homecoming an approachable experience for all students.
3: And something that we really focus on too is like a really inclusive theme. Um, So you know, obviously, like inclusivity is incredibly important. Um, Lindsay will probably talk about what our pageant changed, but looking for something that everyone can relate to. So like, you know, in past we've thought about different themes that maybe not every student can relate to, understands, has been, but you know, everyone's seen or touched or interacted with a video game, so it's really easy to kind of like. It doesn't give anyone an advantage, but it still feels like somewhat relatable.
2: Hurricanes Help the Hometown, the annual event where student organizations work on service projects to help the local Miami community, was also able to achieve an impressive participation rate with many students coming together to work on a variety of different missions.
3: In the past, it's finding like a community partner or a student organization to work with, but this year our amazing like chairs, we have two chairs on HSTH, um, worked with finding over 18 student orgs, um, and they're gonna do each be doing service component. So they'd have to do like the logistics of like, um, Planning out and like spacing out like where um, each org is going to go, like, working with the orgs, getting the orgs money to like fund their service component.
2: The homecoming pageantry this year was one aspect of homecoming that saw a significant change, being renamed from the king and queen court to homecoming royalty, or homecoming court. According to Lindsay Foucher, a junior and vice chair of the homecoming executive board, this was one way they hoped to make some of the events more inclusive to students.
3: Basically the idea behind this was to open it up and make it more inclusive for students of all identities on campus, um, because everyone should be able to enjoy homecoming, no matter who you are or what you identify with. Um, and so this is what we really valued in making these changes. And so within the event itself, it's gonna be a little bit different as far as crowning the winners, instead of having the king and the queen and the prince and the princess, we'll just have the top four winners be the
0: homecoming royalty court. And so they'll be showing up to all of events um, in the week following the winners of the homecoming court included tatiana robinson a senior majoring in interactive media broadcast journalism and communication studies who represented united black students noah LePay, a senior majoring in psychology and sociology who represented the association of commuter students rachel bergeron a senior majoring in biochemistry and nutrition who ran independently and kiana dorsey a senior majoring in film production who also represented United Black Students. Though the Hurricanes faced a tough loss against FSU on Saturday, many students were still more than satisfied with their homecoming experience and had plenty to look forward to. For instance, Hurricane Productions was able to bring back its traditional homecoming concert for the first time since the pandemic, with students running to see globally recognized and award-winning artist Flo Rida bring hits like My House, Low, and Whistle to the Watsko Center. The Miami-born rapper indulged the crowd by throwing out roses, champagne, and dollar bills, and he took plenty of chances to honor the U by wearing Canes football merchandise and throwing up the signature U hand gesture. Here, one student tells us her experience being front row at Watsco and what some of her favorite moments from the night were.
3: My name is Ashley Jennings. I am a freshman from Richmond, Virginia, and I'm an undecided major. Um, So yes, this is my first ever homecoming event. I was really excited about Flo Rida when I heard he was going to be our singer, I saw it at the game, um, and I honestly didn't really realize how many amazing songs he had until a few days coming up to the concert when I had been like, looking into his music, like how many iconic songs that I kind of knew all the words to, so I got really excited. I knew when, when they announced Florida was coming, I was super pumped just because I like knew his name and I was like, that's really huge that he's coming for free. But then, yeah, I got more and more excited as I figured out some of his big songs, all that kind of stuff. Um, I was in the front row. I had won a floor pass just like in one of the drop-bys. I saw them giving him out and I got there super fast. So I got there um, pretty early at like 6.30. And yeah, I, I was in the... A front row which definitely changed the experience I think anyone in the in like the pit in the front definitely had a just like a more interactive experience and the people probably up in the top I can't speak for them but I think it it like made the concert I got to interact with the the singers and um with Florida Rida and all of his backup people and I I got money and things were thrown. And yeah, I I really, I thought that was super fun. Nothing like I'd ever had before at a concert. I think there were a lot of really, really cool things that they don't do at like normal concerts. How they would, like the, he would come into the crowd. Like he stood right in front of me and sang. Or um, when he ran through and the spotlight was on him, I thought that was really cool. I liked when he brought all of the um, HP people onto stage. I thought that was really cool to see all the people who had put so much work into it, being able to like be on stage with him. And my favorite part was probably when he brought his sister on stage. I just thought it was so cute. And she was like nervous, but she looked like she was having the best time and just like proud of her brother, but also embarrassed to have her him up calling her up there. I don't know, I thought it was super cute. So yes, I thought it was a great time. I'm really glad for the experience.
4: Miami was hoping to carry their momentum from an overtime conference win into their biggest game of the season thus far, the homecoming game against their in-state rival Florida State Seminoles. In their first home night game of the season, a reported sold-out crowd packed Hard Rock Stadium to watch the Canes take on the Seminoles. Games in this rivalry are usually close, telecontested, and come down to the wire. However, Saturday's game was none of these things, as the Hurricanes were blown out at home by a score of 45-3. to The game started promising enough as Miami appeared to force a punt on Florida State's opening drive, but a pass interference penalty extended the drive for the Seminoles, who took advantage with a 56-yard passing touchdown to open the scoring. The Hurricanes would respond with a 49-yard field goal on their opening drive, which made it seem like it would be a close game. However, from that point on, it was all Florida State, as they scored 38 unanswered points to close the game. Florida State quarterback Jordan Travis threw for 202 yards and tossed three touchdowns, while Miami quarterbacks totaled 62 yards between the three of them. Starter Tyler Van Dyke exited the game with an injury on the same shoulder he hurt against Duke, and Jake Garcia and Ja'Curry Brown struggled to get the Canes' offense going all game. The Seminoles' running backs also torched the Miami defense with 229 yards on 49 carries and three touchdowns. Miami will look to recover from this devastating loss as they take on the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets in Atlanta this Saturday.
5: Whether it's for a paper cut or mono at that college dorm party you went to last week, medication and medical attention are required in a variety of instances. However, due to the current United States economic system, an oligopoly of medical companies can charge exorbitant prices for the medication that many people need. Grassroots organizations like Medicare for All are committed to stopping this once and for all. I spoke with Zach Schimmel, an organizer for March for Medicare for All, a march that took place in August of 2022 in front of the Capitol building in Washington, D.C. Let's kick it to him. Do you mind for starting off, just introducing yourself? How did you get involved with M4A?
6: Yeah, for sure. So my name is Zach Schimmel. I'm a senior at Glumberg North High School. So, I really got into politics during the 2020 presidential campaign season where I found I was very supportive of uh, the Sanders campaign because I felt like he provided an alternative to the country that we have ran by sort of big business elites and the wealthy ruling class. And one of those policies specifically that i felt that i was passionate about uh, was medicare for all because in the healthcare industry you have these massive private insurance companies as well as uh, uh pharmaceutical companies making tons of money off of uh charging crazy prices for these healthcare services that everybody needs so uh last year i saw well Back in 2021, I went to am for m for all rally in Chicago. So I kind of got introduced to them at that time. And then last year, I saw they were trying to onboard some new volunteers. And this was in probably February of 2022. And I went to the onboarding session and then been a part of the uh, group ever since.
5: That's awesome. So yeah, I, I mean, I think you're right. I think um, we, we in our current society, we, we allow sort of these big businesses to take advantage of inelastic sort of necessary things like um, insulin, um, just medicine in general. So, you know, what what would you say Medicare for All, like if you had to boil it down into one sentence, what, what y'all's aim is, what, what could you say about that?
6: Yeah, so I would say that our aim is to have Medicare for All and I would define Medicare for All as a healthcare system where every uh, American is guaranteed full healthcare coverage by the government. But you know, I think it also kind of depends who you're talking to, you know, I think when you get down to like the, the real inner of what Medicare for all means, it kind of people seem to have different viewpoints on what it is. I would say it's like exactly what it is.
5: Yeah. So, so it, it, it would I be correct in saying Medicare for all, it, it, everyone's under the same blanket idea of you know increasing accessibility and making it a human right to have medi- Medicare, but when you get down to the nuts and bolts, people that like people's definition on that sort of differs.
6: Right? Yeah, I would say like different bills. Like, there's a couple bills. There's like a Bernie bill. There's a uh, Jaya Paul bill that have been uh, introduced over time and, and written over time. And yeah, there are differences between those bills. But the basis of Medicare for all is to have basically full, guaranteed, all-encompassing public health care like, coverage i would say
5: okay yeah so th- and then that would increase affordability for those things like insulin or like braces and stuff like yeah we don't right
6: i mean and so this is again where you might see a difference between like um medicare i mean again it really depends on like who who's defining it uh-huh. but like for example in a national health service you would see like no private drug companies whereas like in Medicare for All you may see like just increased price. Like the negotiation of the prices would be between the government and the company, rather than the company and like a um, a uh, the the hospital or like a you know like yeah. a, a private insurance company. Gotcha. So it would
5: prevent like the price gouging. Of prescription drugs so so it's it's essentially it's the government regulating the price of various medication and medical services
6: well, so here's what I would say. I would say in terms of medical services, no, in terms of medical services, it
4: is free of charge at the point of service, okay, and then when it comes down
6: to the drugs, it's a little less like and depends more on like which version which of it you're talking about whether it's like every whether like all prescription drugs are free at the point of service or whether there's you know like price caps on insurance companies or you know i mean so it's kind of but the idea is like that healthcare is free at the point of service
5: yeah so right so d- this bill if if i'm correct has has just been universally panned it got like it got like one vo- like bernie's bill got like one vote for and like 99 votes against i'm not sure if that's right if that's accurate how can we sort of because you know we want this to happen but the current political it, it's got bipartisan uh support against it how can we sort of work to to break that
6: so what i think you see really is you have bipartisan support against it in Congress but when you actually look at the people's support for the policy what you see is a lot of actually bipartisan support for the policy yeah. which brings into the a whole nother issue of Congress not representing the people mm-hmm. but the idea is that this is a policy that is really supported by people from all over the political spectrum it's supported by republicans who working class republicans working class democrats working class independents because everybody needs health care and the bottom line is the reason it doesn't have the support it needs in congress is because the, the congress people from the republican party as well as a large as a big chunk of the democratic party are sort of bought out by these lobbyists from the healthcare companies and super PAC donations from the private healthcare companies who want to just ensure that their profits are going to be protected. So I think if we want to uh, get to a point where we're holding these these congressmen and senators accountable to the demands of the people, we just, I mean, just got to be firm in holding people accountable for becoming bought out by special interest groups and you know it's something that's deep entrenched in our system which makes
4: it very difficult to get rid of especially when both parties are partaking in it but yeah I did find because I was I just looked it up
6: specifically in Bernie's bill I'm I'm gonna read you the Kind of the key points of Bernie's bill because it talks about the the drug prices that we were talking about earlier. Yeah. So in here we say he says create a Medicare for all single payer national health insurance program to provide everyone in America with comprehensive healthcare coverage free at the point of service. So then and then you go so that's the first part about the insurance. Then the another key point is stop the pharmaceutical industry from ripping off the American people by making sure that no one in America pays over $200 a year for the medicine they need by capping what Americans pay for prescription drugs under Medicare for All. So, like, there you see how he's not saying, like, oh, we're going to have no private drug manufacturers or we're not going to, not necessarily that all prescription drugs are going to be free, but they're going to be
5: capped uh at, at a, a, uh at a much more reasonable price exactly
6: right which is but at the same time like actual health insurance
5: and health coverage will be free at yeah. the point of service and that's and that's 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 going to be to be very helpful okay. so do you have anything else
6: yeah i got a couple different ideas here first of all on the prescription drugs thing i fully support having free of, Free prescription
4: drugs. Yeah, at at that point.
6: So, and then so here's some other um, some other points that I had for this. So, first of all, one major reason that we need Medicare for all that isn't necessarily talked about all the time, even by supporters of it, is that in the current system, many people's healthcare is tied in with their employment, meaning that if they were to
5: quit a job or change careers they would lose benefits exactly Insurance that, that they had before
6: tied with their job so in that sense that kind of limits people from from being able to you know have mobility and flexibility in their life when they risk losing health care it also prevents people from trying to organize workplaces or whatever you might be doing, you always have the threat that if I get fired or if I leave, I'm losing my health care.
5: And with Medicare for all that, that uh, concern for people would be alleviated. It's a big blow to corporate. Exactly. Yeah. So I think that's something that people don't really talk about as much. And yeah,
6: that's definitely why a lot of big business bumps against Medicare for all. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I would say, I mean, you basically have right now private insurance companies and big pharma companies making billions of dollars off of healthcare, which is essentially an inelastic market while ripping off the American people who need healthcare. And, you know, healthcare is a public should be considered a public good and therefore it is the government's role to take on providing that health care and preventing people from becoming extremely wealthy
0: based on, you know, exploiting the need for that health care. This episode of Catch Up Canes was brought to you by the Miami Hurricane. Music is conducted by Aidan Leland. We thank you for listening, and we hope you'll be back for our next episode. Go Canes!